Welcome to the Esports Report. I am your slightly under the weather host, Ashley Hodge. It seems like after two years of avoiding COVID, it finally got me, which makes me very sad. Uh, it has not been easy. But honestly, thanks to me being vaccinated and boosted and taking the COVID medicine, um, it's more like having a mild to moderate cold. So while I'm at home quarantining, because I don't want to get anybody infected, I thought I would make an important esports episode about the student athletic contract. Um now, what I have experienced in both of my programs is students, uh, sometimes parents, sometimes admin, or maybe the community as a whole, not taking esports seriously, uh, especially students. They think, oh, we're playing video games. It's fun. It's a hobby. And while all of those things are true, the problem is this very cavalier behavior that they have, this laissez-faire kind of, you know, it's not really important, will actually harm you and your program throughout the season. So what I did to combat that is I actually made this right here, the eSports Student Athletic Contract. So essentially what it does is it outlines everything that I've encountered uh, potential problems that I've had over the years since I've started doing esports. And basically, it holds the students accountable and makes them realize that, hey, while video games are fun, while it is a hobby, esports is competitive video game playing and we have to take it seriously. Esports should be treated like any other sport. I cannot imagine football players going to a football coach and saying, hey, I can't play in the big game Friday. I've got X, Y, or Z to do. The football coach would never put up with that. Therefore, esports coaches shouldn't have to either. Uh, there are many a times that I've had students just not show up and not let me know they're not showing up. So then I have to scramble for my subs or we have to forfeit. And that's not fun for the other students. So I highly recommend you use something like this um, if you want this contract in particular, you can always email me at the esportsreporths at gmail.com and I will be more than happy to share a copy with you. Um, so essentially, I update this every season. So this is for the 2022 season. And at the beginning, it says your participation is dependent upon your willingness to work with me towards the goals below and live within the boundaries established in our student athletic code. The things below describe the areas of personal development to which I and the school are asking you to make a commitment for the upcoming season, Coach Hodge. Now, the school does have its own uh, athletic code that is from GHSA, so they have to abide by that on top of this contract that they sign. So the very first thing I go over is communication. Now, I've removed this because I didn't want randos on the internet to have this information, but we do communicate through Discord. Um, now, unfortunately, my school has blocked Discord, so I can no longer use that at work to communicate with students. But if I'm at home and I'm in Discord and I'm, I'm playing a game on my own and a student like has a question in our esports Discord, I'm you know more than happy to respond. 
I also use the Remind 101 app. I make all the students join that. So I send out reminders for each of the games and matches. And then I actually have a Google Classroom where I post all of our achievements, our video footage, any important announcements, guides to how to play games, links to professional players, professional teams, and links to like streamers and and YouTubers who are far better at these games than I am. So the next section is sports dues. Um, unfortunately, esports does cost money. Uh, Play versus did just raise its price to eighty per player uh, per season. It used to be sixty four. So I do make my students pay thirty for each season. Um, that is actually a little steep, especially if you're in a Title One school, but. I think by one, it's hard for me to fund my own program in a smaller town because a lot of the sponsors are already sponsoring other sports. But if the students have to pay for the season, they have an investment. So they're more likely to actually come and participate and not just not show up. Now, I will say I've had students pay and then they just don't show up. So having them pay helps pay the dues. And it also gives them skin in the game. They're invested. Um, So dues for me, they help cover the cost of participating in the season. And then at the end of the school year, I have an awards banquet. I do post that on my school YouTube channel. I can start posting it on the Esports Report YouTube channel once I get parent and student permission, just so you can see how that goes. But basically with the Esports Banquet, what we do is we set up a really nice backdrop with our school logo i order awards from crown awards because that's the cheapest place for me to go Uh, we have pizza and drinks we invite the students we invite the parents and i give out awards now i when i give out awards i do make sure that every student gets something that might be an unpopular opinion among some educators but i don't mind doing that every student gets a medal that hangs around their neck. And then I'll have trophies for like MVP of Rocket League, MVP of Super Smash, and that that's how I do my awards. Uh, now, the next section, the disciplinary actions. Uh, these are things that I have actually encountered with students, and so I decided to make a list of things that are not acceptable so students know. Uh, So it says, if the coaches have to address the issues below more than twice, the offending student or students will be removed from the program for the rest of the season. And yes, I know that may hurt the team that that student is playing on. But you have to really show students that there are just some behaviors that aren't acceptable, no matter if it's in a sport or in a classroom. And yes, it's detrimental to my program. But the most important thing for me as a coach, is to teach students how to behave responsibly and respectively, respectably in the esports community, um, especially towards women or minorities or LGBTQ plus students. That's very important to me that just I want to help my students become the very best people they can be to treat others with respect and to understand that, yeah, you might be the best player on your team, but if you're toxic, If you're hurting others, then to me, that's not worth it. That's not worth keeping you. 
So the very first thing I encountered with running both of my programs is students just wouldn't come to practice. A lot of these games that we play are team-based. And what they would do is they would tell me, well, I play it at home, so I shouldn't have to physically come to school and practice. And here's the problem. When you're physically at school, you're practicing with your team. You can be the best League of Legends player or Rocket League player, but if you don't know how to play with a team on match day, you're not going to be able to do diddly squat. So one of my rules is if a student athlete does not show up to practice two times total, they are removed completely from the program. A student who misses practices are required to provide a written excuse signed by a parent or another coach. The coaches will determine if the excuse is accepted or rejected. So I do have students who have, you know, doctors, appointments or things come up after school and that's perfectly fine my only request is this next bullet right here is if they miss practice they need to let me know before they miss practice especially if it's a game day like I will work with them if they talk to me ahead of time but if they just don't show up and they haven't contacted me and I don't know what's going on then you know that's a problem I have had students who just have not shown up and that's not that's not acceptable uh, disrupting others at practice. This was an ongoing problem, not necessarily in, in my new program, but in my larger program, I would have students who would get bored practicing the game that they were trying to be competitive at. And so what they would do is they would get up and start bothering other people and interrupting their practice. So if a student disrupts or distracts others at practice, and I have to address it more than two times, the students removed from the program. And I will determine what is a disruption or distra uh, distraction on an individual basis. Um, leaving the practice area, this isn't so much a problem at my new program as it was in my old program. My old program, we had four esports labs that I ran by myself with about 60 kids starting out. I think we got up to 140. And that's a lot of kids for one person to keep up with. So I would have students that would just randomly leave. And most of the time they would go to the bathroom or to the vending machine. Uh, but sometimes they would wander off. Um, and, you know, students need supervision. We we don't need to, <laughs> them to be unattended because things can happen. Um, so they have to let me know if they're leaving the practice area. They can go to the bathroom or vending machines. If they take longer than 15 minutes to do any of those things, it's kind of when I start to worry. Um, and then, you know, if students are sneaking off, they'll be removed from the program. Because my focus should be on the kids in the room practicing. I really shouldn't have to worry about people doing things they shouldn't be doing in the hallways or whatnot. A toxic behavior is a big one. This is very, very important to me. Uh, Esports, the video game industry, is particularly toxic, especially towards women, minorities, and LGBTQ+. So it's important to me that we address these behaviors as coaches as quickly as we can. Um, so toxic behavior, um, there's a lot of ways you can define what it is. Um, sometimes students get mad and they will intentionally throw a match. That's toxic. Uh, not working with your team, that's toxic. Cursing at the coaches, the game teammates, that's toxic. Being rude, 
you know, saying sexist, misogynistic, or homophobic things. Uh, basically, you're just being a jerk for no reason. And competitive play brings us out in anybody sometimes, like no matter if it's football, baseball, esports. But as coaches, we should try to curb this and put a stop to it so we don't end up with adult gamers who are feeding into the toxic behavior that we see in popular communities. Uh, not listening to coaches, I actually have had students who have joined esports and then refused to listen to me when I try to coach them. Uh, if you're not coachable, I can't help you. So if I get a student like that, I just immediately remove them from the program. Uh, not being picked up on time. This was pretty severe at my old program, not necessarily the smaller one that I work at now. Um, and I don't, I don't want you to think that I'm being rude because I know students who can't drive they are relying on other people to come and pick them up. But here's the thing. After a long day of teaching and coaching esports, when I'm ready to go, I'm ready to go. Okay. I have things that I also have to do after work. And one of them does not involve waiting two hours for somebody to come and pick up their student. I have had that happen. I did have to call the police one time. Because I couldn't get in touch with the, the guardian. The student couldn't get in touch with the guardian. And I had to go. So with this, I say students should be picked up within a reasonable time frame. Coaches want students to be picked up within 30 minutes. Practice ends at 5. Students should be picked up by 530. That has not been a problem at my new program. But at my old program, there was one time that I was waiting until like 8 p.m. And I'm sorry, but that's ridiculous. And I eventually I had to remove that student. And no, it's not fair to the student, but it's not fair to me either to have to wait three hours for somebody to come pick them up. So reliable source of transportation is important. Uh, student behavior issues. Basically, if a student gets put in in-school suspension or they are suspended from school or they get a referral or they get an email, uh, the first time it happens, I'm going to ban them from practice for a week. And you might be thinking, well, that's super harsh. But you shouldn't be misbehaving in other people's classes. You shouldn't be getting ISS. You shouldn't be getting OSS. You know, it, that is a very serious offense. So I want my students, my athletes to act properly in class and not cause problems. The second time it happens, they're banned from practice for two weeks and they cannot play in rank matches. The third time it happens, they're removed from the esports program. So, yeah, you might be thinking, that's harsh. I don't want to do that. And that's perfectly fine. You can adjust your contract to say whatever you want it to. Um, but I need my student athletes to act the right way, to be respectful, to be responsible for their actions. And that is what I try to instill. I've actually never had this come up in either one of my programs uh, my students, you know, once they realized I was super serious about this, they didn't get ISS, they didn't get OSS. Teachers were actually emailing me and telling me how much of an improvement they saw in student behavior. Now, there were times when I did go to a classroom as a coach and I sat in that classroom to to back that teacher up that needed me with one of my students. And what the stu once the students kind of realized, oh, I physically would come down there and check on them and make sure they were doing the right thing, behavior kind of stopped. 
Um, School, academic issues. So for me, academics come first. You must be uh, passing all your classes to be eligible. If a student teacher calls me or one of my assistant coaches about academic issues or you start failing the class, then you got to do the following. And what I had my school do is they actually created a separate class for me. And all of my esports students are in that class. So that gives me access to their grades. So I can I can periodically check their grades, which I do once a week. And once I see that they start failing something, I don't let them practice. If they come to me during practice, I send them to the class that they're failing and I make them do work. Any kind of makeup work or any kind of review or remediation that they need so they can get back on track. Um, So the first time I make them go to that teacher for tutoring and bring me back a note. The second time they're banned from practice for a week. So they'll still come, but they won't be playing esports. They'll be doing work for those classes that they're failing. And then the third time I remove them from the esports program. Uh, School attendance issues. I know with the COVID pandemic attendance kind of went out the window for a couple of years. But I would have students who just wouldn't come to school and then they would show up at eSports practice thinking, well, this is fine. That's not fine. That's not okay. Um, They can't miss an entire day of school and then show up for practice. You know, they must attend school. If they're absent from school all day, they can't come to eSports practice. They can't come to rank matches. If you miss too many days, you will have to make them all up and make up your missing work before coming to eSports practice. So, yeah, I'm trying to stress the importance that grades are important, behavior is important, attendance is important. All of that comes first before they ever play esports with me. And I really think all coaches should push that. Uh, Now, I did have this happen quitting esports early or mid season for another sport or activity. So, I do let my esports students participate in other sports or activities. I don't want to limit them with their high school experience. But the agreement is if they join esports, they have to be there on that day for those games. If they're playing a team-based game, they have to be at practice. So when they sign that contract, they agree to compete for the entire season. It's not fair for your team if you quit mid-season or early because you have another sport coming up. If you quit esports mid-season for anything that is not an emergency, you will not be allowed into the program for a full year. And I actually did have that happen right before playoffs. I had a League of Legends team that was doing really, really, really good. We actually had a chance at State that year. And then I had a kid quit because they had another sport coming up. And I was like, dude, that, that's not acceptable. You can't just quit. <laughs> You're about to be in playoffs with your team. So that student quit. They ruined the esports experience for their team. We actually ended up having to forfeit a bunch of our matches. And obviously, we didn't make it into playoffs or state. So it was disappointing to me. It was disappointing to the students of that team. So that's a big one. Um, Being at school on ranked match day, students must play ranked matches at school. You cannot play from home. If you try to play from home, you're violating the GHSA esports bylaws and putting the entire program at risk for being uh, disqualified. If any student is caught playing from home, they will be removed from the esports program. 
Yes, GHSA bylaws insist that we play from school. I don't necessarily agree with that because esports is electronic sport, and that's what makes it unique from other sports. Uh, during COVID, for example, you know, you had ESPN streaming Fortnite tournaments and NBA 2K basketball tournaments. Uh, so I don't necessarily agree with that rule, but I know why they do it. You don't want to allow a student to play from home and then it not be that student playing. If they're playing at school, you have a coach who can physically, you know, look at them and verify, yes, Bob is playing this game on this day. Uh, team game versus individual games. So basically this says if you're playing League of Legends, Rocket League, or Mario Kart, you must come to practice every day and play with your team. This is a team-based game. Last season's team did not practice together, and it showed if you cannot come and play with your team, then you do not need to play a team-based sport. I cannot imagine half of the football team just deciding that they didn't want to come to practice. That wouldn't be acceptable for football, and it's certainly not acceptable for esports. Um, you know, like I said earlier, the kid could be the best player at whatever game it is they're playing, but if they can't play with a team in a team-based game, they're useless to you. So it's very important to me, and I think it should be very important to coaches that if you're doing a team-based game, the students need to be there to practice. Uh, now, if you're playing Hearthstone, Madden, or Super Smash, you don't have to come to practice. Those are actually not team-based games. They're individual. So the only reason they have to show up is for ranked matches. But I still had students who played those games who showed up to school, which I'm perfectly fine with. Um, so next I have the schedule. So important dates, this is copied straight from the Play Versus website. Uh, you have enrollment, you have preseason, regular season, playoffs, fall championship, and then you have the days that the games are played. And I have to stress this. Um, if you have students who want to play League of Legends, for example, those ranked games are on Tuesday. If a student signs up and they're like, I can't play Tuesday, can we schedule it to Wednesday? You don't need to accept that student. These games are played on these specific days at 4 p.m. Eastern time if you're in Georgia. And we know that. Coaches know that. Students know that. Play versus league managers know that. So you know that League of Legends match is supposed to start at 4. So your students need to be there before 4 ready to go because what happens is if you wait too long and it you know 431 rolls around and your students are finally getting in they've already forfeited that match you get 30 minutes of leeway if you have technical issues or a student is late but try to be respectful of other coaches and other teams like you should be there ready to go unless there's some kind of crazy technical problem happening so Tuesday is League of Legends and Splatoon 3. Wednesday is Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Thursday, there are a lot of games on Thursday, and I don't necessarily like this. I think they should be more spread out because I do have kids who want to play Rocket League and Mario Kart 8, but they can't because both of those games start at Thursday at 4. Uh, now, I'm not suggesting that we move any of them to Friday because I don't want to stay late on a Friday. But maybe we could move some of these to um, Monday. But anyway, Thursday you have Rocket League, Mad Mario Kart Deluxe, and Hearthstone. 
And then um, they ha- they are offering NBA 2K23. Um, but that schedule for that's a little weird. Because the game hasn't actually come out yet. I think it's going to come out mid-September. So they have their own schedule for that. If you want students to participate in that. Enrollment, registration, preseason, regular season, Thanksgiving break, playoffs, and the fall championship. And then underneath this, I have a practice schedule for students. And I tell them, hey, you know, if this changes, watch Discord or Remind or Google Classroom for any announcements. Um, So as you can see, we don't have official practice on Monday, practice at home. Tuesday is League of Legends game day, Rocket League practice day. Um, So League of Legends game day, they have to be with me by 340. And League of Legends games can be very long, so I warn them. You know, this could be a late day for us, depending on when the match gets started and how long the matches last. Um, Wednesday is practice for League of Legends and Rocket League. It's Super Smash Rank game day, and they have to be in the lab by 340. So basically what I do on a ranked game day, I get that team set up first, and then all my other teams can show up to practice. Um, Thursday, it's Rocket League, Madden, Mario Kart game day. They have to be in the lab. I actually don't have League of Legends practice on Thursday because I don't have room. With all those games going on at once, I I just don't have room (laughs) for extra students. And then Friday, it's practice from home. Saturday, practice from home. And then down here we have my signature below indicates my commitment to the above and my willingness to live within the boundaries established by our school's athletic code and accept the logical consequences for uh, violations. So the student signs it, the parent signs it, and then they date it. And I keep these on file. So that is my student athletic contract. Uh, You may think some of these punishments are harsh. uh, But again, I'm trying to establish that my program is a serious program and it should be treated like any other sport. I hold these student athletes to high expectations and they should meet them. They should know how to behave in class. They should come to school and they should work together as a team if they're playing a team-based sport. So I hope this has been helpful. Um, Again, if you would like me to send this copy to you, please feel free to reach out at the high school esports report hs at gmail.com. I look forward to the start of the 2022 season. I hope everybody stays safe out there, and I hope you found this information helpful. I hope you have a good day, and I'll see you later. Bye.